thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. And we invite you, release your faith. Yes. Expect God to bring clarity and answers to your life. Amen. 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 And we're just grateful to spend this time with you. We invite you to get your Bible and follow along with us and take notes of what God would say to you. We've been taking several episodes now and talking about the will of God for our life. Yes. Why is it? Because when we're in the will of God, all that belongs to us is easily received, easily received. Brother Copeland makes this statement, the will of God is your wealthy place. That means every arena of our life is enriched when we're following the will of God and the plan of God for our life. When we've formed formulated some plan for our own life, that's when we struggle. And we can, and we fall short of our insides being satisfied when it's just we arrived at what we planned. Um, We're also taking a passage in Acts chapter 20. Wouldn't we say that Paul succeeded? The apostle Paul, he succeeded in fulfilling the will of God. We can see in this passage in Acts 20, the steps he took. So that's what we're studying. Five steps that he took to fulfill the will of God. Let's read them together. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Paul writes, he says, and now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. And as we've said, this word bound is not the word bondage. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It means committed. Yes. It means I'm in agreement with my insides, not just outward agreement, but my heart is agreeing. He said, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. What's Jerusalem? It's the place God told him to be. It's a place God told him to go to. So he says, I agree with God in my spirit about going to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save or accept this. The spirit, the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now, let me ask you this. How willing would you be be to move forward when the only thing the Holy Ghost is telling you, the only thing he's telling you, every city he stops at on his way to Jerusalem, the only thing the spirit's saying to him is you're going to face opposition. You're going to face persecutions, bonds and afflictions. How many would keep going? Only a bound man would. Only a bound man would. A man who is half-hearted, not certain of it, he'd go, well, I think I, I, I hear a mama calling. You know, I'm going home. I'm going a different direction. God didn't say anything to him about miracles. He didn't say anything to him about healings that might have happened or revelation or the lives that would be blessed. There would have been lives blessed. But God just talked to him about the opposition. Why? He's preparing him. He's preparing him. 
And so that's one of the ways the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, that's one way he comforts us as he prepares us. Amen. Amen. So the only thing the Holy Ghost told him was there's going to be persecution. There's going to be opposition. Verse 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Now, we said the first thing is we, we have to be in full agreement yes. with the will of God. How is, where, where has he told us to be? Where has he told us to go? We, we bind ourselves to that. God doesn't bind us, we bind us. Paul said, I go bound. He's the one that bound himself to agree with God. The second thing is he said, I go not knowing. To move with God is to move into the unknown. And if you want everything figured out and measured out, you'll never move with God as you could or move with God as you ought. Because all faith needs is the very next thing that God said to do. When you do the next thing, then as you obey, more and more steps unfold. But God will not unfold everything out before you because we're, we, we couldn't please him if we weren't walking by faith. Amen. So number one, Paul agreed with God and bound himself to what God said to do. Number two, he went not knowing. He was not led by his mind. He was led by his spirit. Yes. That's what that means. Yes. He, was, he was allowing his spirit to take the lead, not his mental reasonings, not his calculations. Because what, what, if he's going to go by his calculations, I'm calculating persecutions. What I'm calculating is ahead. But that didn't stop him. He's being led by his spirit, not by his reasonings. Uh, one man who moves with God into the unknown can change a city, a nation, yes. Yes. and change future generations. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Move with God into the unknown. Yes. The third thing it, that we see that Paul did, he said uh, he followed the witness of the Spirit. The witness of the Spirit was his only God. Yes. He didn't let other men talk him out of what God said. And men tried to talk him out of going to Jerusalem. They, they loved him. They weren't trying to get him off course, but he was already bound. Why? He already knew what God said. Amen. Now, let's look at the fourth thing that Paul said as to how did he finish his course with joy. Number four, none of these things move me. What things? When God was telling him that persecution is what you're going to encounter when you get to Jerusalem, he said, none of these things move me. The enemy will always, along the course of our way, he's always trying to take us off track and he uses devices. He uses people that will yield to him. He uses all kinds of opposition and they're all designed to move you off course. But notice what Paul said, none of these things, none of them, none of them, meaning a myriad of things, multiple things would be present to, or he would encounter that could take him off course. He decided that none of those things would move him before he encountered them. If you wait until you face opposition to decide if you're going to stay on course, you'll likely make the wrong choice. Make the choice before you face opposition, not going off course. No one's going, I'm not going to be offended. 
I'm not going to get into unforgiveness. I'm not going to fall into the traps. I'm not going to worry. I refuse to fear. You have to make the choice that no thing that you encounter will move you. So difficulties and opposition has the ability to move people. But he decided, not me. Not me. Whether or not opposition moves us is simply this. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. Just because you can feel the opposition doesn't mean that opposition is moving you. Amen. Just stay with what God said. There have been so many times God would say something to me and it looked like it was going the completely different direction, but I just held to what God said. Why? Because what the Spirit of God says is the truth and no lie. So you just stay with it. Decide before opposition comes. How many times people have let opposition take them off course? How many times? How many times did somebody go to start a, God dealt with them about starting a business? buying a house, and something took them off course with that. Now, if we bypassed God and got off course, sometimes we may need to back up to recapture some direction that God would have us to make. But don't let the devil and opposition back you up. Amen. That's the difference. I said that's the difference. And uh, so we have to make sure that nothing takes us off course. I want, I want to read something. Going back, let's look again in Acts 20. Verse 22, Paul said, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might, look at this, I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He was saying this, even my life is not as important to me as finishing my course. I'm going to fulfill the ministry of the word. None of these things are going to stop me from finishing. None of these things are going to offer me a different route that I'll take. They might offer it, but I'm not taking it. He was not willing to give up anything of the plan of God in the face of opposition. Sometimes the temptation is there to back off just to get relief. Don't settle for relief. Get victory. Arrive at victory. Victory belongs to you. Don't back up just to gain relief. Hold out for victory. Amen. So we see this with Paul. Um, he said that I might finish my course with joy, right? But he said this, the the fourth thing that that we saw is none of these things move me. None of them. The fifth thing is this, neither count I my life dear unto myself, not even, he did not consider his his own life more important than the plan of God. When God has a plan um, and someone doesn't learn that plan for their life, God's plan still won't come to pass. He will pass that plan to someone else because he's going to get his plan carried out, right? You remember it was Judas who had the position of one of the 12 disciples. 
but he got off course. And after Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, the disciples were together and uh, they said Judas went his way, but his bishopric or his position let another man take. Why? This plan is still going to get carried out. And this is what Paul said, the plan is still going to get carried out. And I will not save my life and forfeit the plan. I'm staying with the plan. And um, I'm of the same, you know, when my husband went home to be with the Lord, we were fulfilling a plan. And you know what? Uh, When he went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly, there was still a plan to fulfill. And that's why I get up and and that's, I'm I'm loving, I'm enjoying my life. It's a great joy. Why? Because it's the plan. I'm fulfilling the plan. The plan didn't leave when a person left. There are going to be people enter your life. There are going to be people leave your life. The plan of God for your life doesn't enter with them or exit with them. The plan was joined to your life before time began. God planned it. And before time began is what Ephesians 2.10 tells us. Before time began, God planned a life for you, the good life. Amen. Amen. So you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I've gotten off course. The plan's still there. Go back. Go back. You say, how do I go back to where I got off course? Go back to the last thing he told you to do. What's the last thing he told you to do? Amen. Amen. And if it's not that that he wants you to do, he might have you to take a different step. But otherwise, just go back to what he said to do. Well, what if you got off 30 years ago? Sometimes you might not be able to go back to that last step. Then he'll tell you how to get back on. He'll tell you how to get back on. Um, Paul said, neither count I my life dear unto myself. You know what he's saying? I don't forfeit some of the plan of God just so I can have my way. My own preference, my own Uh desires, nope. I don't hold to them and let go of some of the plan of God. I don't count my life dear to myself. What was dear to him? The plan of God. Um, I want us to go into Acts chapter 15. So just back up a few chapters. Let go of personal preferences. That's what he said. Acts chapter 15. We're going to see what happens if we choose to hold to our preference instead of what God said. Acts 15, verse 36, and this is the King James translation. God, you know this, God, there was a divine association that God put together called Paul and Barnabas. And then God sent these two men on missionary trips and they traveled together, ministered together, and the Holy Ghost recorded their travels and their ministry. Now, Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. So Paul is saying, let's go back to all those churches, all the places. Let's check on their their spiritual welfare. Verse 37, look at these words. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them because Mark had departed from them. He's talking about on a previous journey. Mark had gone with them. 
and went not with them to the work. So when persecution or difficulty arose, Mark left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he wasn't ready to face yeah. that persecution. Yeah. Verse 39, and the contention was so sharp between them, between Paul and Barnabas, that they departed asunder one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria confirming the churches. Now, look at this. Mark was a relative to Barnabas. Mm -hmm. Paul said, let's go and let's go back and see how the churches are doing. Barnabas said, okay, but let's take Mark. Yeah. He said, no, because we may for face persecution. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mark was with us before when we first faced persecution. Yeah. He left. I don't want to put Mark at risk again. Yeah. Meaning he's not ready to face it. Yeah. Paul wasn't trying to get his way. He was protecting Mark. Yes. Yes. Barnabas was trying to get his way. Yeah. Yes. So we see these words. How do we know he's trying to get his way? Verse 37, Barnabas determined. When you determine something's going to be your way, what kind of strife is caused? Notice here it says uh, in verse 39, the contention was so sharp. Why? Because Barnabas determined something was going to get his way and strife was the out outgrowth of that. Contention. They, God put Paul and Barnabas together. God did not put... Paul, Barnabas, and Mark together. Yes, right. Right. Now, I'm not saying that others didn't travel with them and it wasn't the plan of God, but protect the divine connection and association. And so that was the plan of God, the will of God, that they move along together. But Barnabas determined something was going to be his way. And when he did not get Paul's agreement on it, he was willing to leave what God put together. Word says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Now, let's go back and look at verse 39 again. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed. Those are sad words. Yeah. 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 He sailed off the pages of history yeah. that day. Yeah. He didn't go back into the world. He didn't go back into a lifestyle of sin. He didn't backslide. He continued on, no doubt, ministering and being a blessing to people. But the Holy Ghost never recorded another thing. Not of what Barnabas did. Why? Because he broke that divine association. And the Holy Ghost never recorded another thing about Barnabas. Now, Barnabas, excuse me, Paul in verse 40, it says, And Paul chose Silas and departed. Do we know what happens in the next chapter? Mm -hmm. Paul and Silas, a man from Macedonia says, come minister here. They go there. They cast the demon out of a girl and it makes the people mad. Yes. And yeah. Paul and Silas get beaten and thrown in prison. Yeah. That's what yeah. Paul was trying to protect yeah. Mark yeah. from. Yeah. That's You understand? Yes. He perceived there's persecution ahead yes. and I'm not going to subject Mark yes. to it. He's not ready for it. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's why we have to follow the Holy Ghost. Yes. He, he knows what we're ready for. Yes. Paul was following the Spirit of God, yes. but Barnabas determined something was going to be his way. Yes. And we lost record of him. Yeah. Not recorded anymore. Yeah. 
This is why it's so important what Paul said when he says, neither count I my life dear unto myself, meaning this, I don't hold to my own preference and demand something be my way. God will put people in your life who will help you in your race, who will prepare you, train you, teach you God's word. And they're always there to be someone who knows God better than you. When somebody knows God better than you, don't do all the talking. Do the listening. God will direct you to people like that. And it's an assist to you. They're not there to help you fulfill your plan, so to speak. They're here, they're there to help prepare you so you can fulfill your plan. They're not, you don't make them, you don't draw them into your plan and expect them to do that. No, they're just there to prepare you so that you can fulfill the plan of God. And I say it, let me say it to you this way. I pastored for 25 years. At times people would come to the church and they would say, I came here because I wanted the church to help me fulfill my vision. No, that's not what the church is for. We're here to train you and let you fulfill the vision. It's not up to the church to adopt your vision. God has already given the pastor a vision for that local church, right? And all the congregation members come together to help fulfill that vision, not to help get another ministry promoted or something else done. We know that God gives a man of God, a pastor, a vision. And as congregation members, we're to pay attention and say, that's what I'm going to put my hand to, to help fulfill that divine vision God gave the pastor where God told me to hook up with. Amen. Amen. But see, Barnabas got determined that his plan be fulfilled. And it cost him. It cost him. Um, God prepares us. And people will say, Jesus is all I need. You're going to have to qualify that to understand that correctly. Jesus is all you need for your redemption. You don't need somebody, you don't need works. You don't need good behavior to qualify for your redemption. Jesus is all you need for your redemption. But for your spiritual growth and maturity, you need help. And and God gave us help. Jesus gave gifts to the church called the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. That's called the fivefold ministry offices spoken of in Ephesians chapter four. So God gave those gifts. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. And people get this idea. All I need is Jesus. Then why did he give gifts? Because we need these gifts to help train us, help prepare us for what? to help us fulfill the plan of God. The better a student we are, the more likely we are to fulfill our course with joy. If we're a poor student, we're going to fail some tests. (laughs) Poor students don't pass all tests, right? right? So Paul was more interested in fulfilling the plan of God for his life. Um. God has put people in your life, as I said, to help train you, protect that divine association. Primarily a pastor. God will give you a pastor. You need a pastor. Why? Because Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 talked about those that were sick, 
they were scattered, they were fainting because they were sheep who had no shepherd. Yes. Amen. We need a shepherd. Yes. Amen. All sheep need a shepherd. Yes. All sheep. Yes. All sheep. Yes. As a pastor, as a minister, I have always had someone that speaks into my life. Yes. Why? Because somebody knows God better than me and I want to learn. Yes. I'm not done learning. And so there's somebody that God will join you to protect that. Decide you won't let anything separate you from that because the devil would love to make you ineffective in your course by getting you away from those God connects you with. Decide before the opportunity comes, my pastor will never offend me. The congregation I'm a part of will never offend me. I will never have unforgiveness toward any of them. I will walk in love. You decide that before opposition shows up. That's what Paul did. And that's how he said, none of these things move me. Even before he's faced the persecution, he's already decided none of these things will move me. He decided that before he faced it. That's how to arrive at the finish. You make right choices before you're faced with opposition, before you're faced with temptation. You decide, I refuse to be offended. You know what? I've, I've, years ago, I decided no one's going to offend me. Now, are, do some people say offensive things? Sure they do. But I'm, I'm going I'm to release it. I'm not going to take it. It's, it's not going to offend me. Why wow, I, I I don't have room for offense and yeah, faith. Right. I only got room for faith. Yeah. I don't have room for unforgiveness and bitterness and offense and strife. I don't have room for it. Why? Because I can't fulfill with joy my race traveling with the wrong companions of fear and strife and unforgiveness. Those will not accelerate me in my race. They will take me off course and stunt me in my race, hinder me in my race. So you decide... As Paul did, none of these things will move me. I'm not going to allow the strategies of the enemy separate me from who God has joined me to. Amen. Protect those divine associations. Amen. If we honor them, we will not allow something to come in to separate us from them. Amen. Barnabas determined it was going to be his own way. And he got his own way, but look what it cost him. The Holy Ghost never recorded for our benefit another thing yes. that Barnabas did. Yes. That's, that's, a, that's something to note. Yes. Amen? Amen? But that's what Paul says, neither count I my life dear unto myself. It's not about me. Yeah, it is not about yes. me. And he says, I'm fulfilling the plan of God is more important than me getting my own way. Yes. And we say the same thing. Yes. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. We're so glad that you've joined us and we appreciate you've taken the time to be with us come back next time. We're not done yet. We're not finished with this passage yet. But until we see you next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. God has provided a way for His children to have ongoing visitations from Him. But many Christians don't recognize these visitations. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, 
by Nancy Dufresne, Peace, Living Free From Worry, she teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual camp meeting here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, June 12th through the 16th. Speakers include Nancy Dufresne, Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, and Bill Winston. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.